This is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Pinchas, accepting the consequences. Pinchas is a complex character. On the one hand, he is a hero. It is he and only he who is willing to take matters into his own hands to defend God's honor. His violent heroics soothe God's jealousy and save many lives in the process. However, the rabbinic tradition is equivocal on how to read Pinchas and his legacy. We could try to decide which reading is correct and declare Pinchas either righteous or problematic, or choose to draw an entirely flattering or entirely condemnatory image of who he is. However, we can also use these different readings together and understand that Pinchas is both. Reading Pinchas in all his complexity will enable us to construct a more nuanced picture of what it means to read the same act as both positive and negative, and often how complicated it can be for anyone to do the right thing. The story of Pinchas begins at the conclusion of last week's parasha. Vayitzamed Yisrael leval pa'or, vayichar af Adonai b'Yisrael, vayomer Adonai al Moshe, kach et kol roshe ha'am v'hokautam l'Adonai neged hashamesh. V'yashov haron af Adonai m'Yisrael. V'yomer Moshe el shovtei Yisrael, hirgu ish anashav hanitzmadim leval pa'or. V'hinei ish m'vinei Yisrael ba, v'yakrev elachav et hamijani l'hinei Moshe u'l'hinei kol adat b'nei Yisrael. V'hema bochim petach ohel moed. V'yar pinchas ben alazar ben aron ha'kohen v'yakam mitoch ha'ida v'yikach romach b'yado. Vayavo achar ish Yisrael el hakuba, vayitkor et shnehem, et ish Yisrael ve'et ha'isha el kabata, vate'atzer ha'magifa me'al b'nei Yisrael. Israel cleaved to Baal Peor, and God was furious at Israel. God said to Moshe, take all of the leaders of the people and impale them facing the sun, and God's fury will be rescinded from Israel. Moshe said to the judges of Israel, each man should kill his people who are cleaving to Baal Peor. And behold, there was a man from Bnei Israel who came, and he brought the Midianite woman before his brethren in the sight of Moshe and the congregation of Bnei Israel, as they were crying at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Pinchas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the Kohen, saw this, and he got up from within the congregation and he took a spear in his hand. He pursued the Israelite man to the tent, and he stabbed both of them, the Israelite man and the woman through her stomach, and the plague upon Bnei Israel was stopped. The men of Bnei Israel find themselves seduced into sexual impropriety and idolatry by the Midianite women and Baal Peor. God, displeased, asks Moshe and the leadership to take action. Before they do, there is an act of provocation committed. Pinchas stands up in reaction and slays the Israelite man and his Midianite consort, stopping the plague, which is the result of God's fury. In the continuation of the story, God grants Pinchas a reward for his zealous act. Lachain emor, hinani no tainlo et beriti shalom. Vahita lo ulazaro acharav beri kuhunat olam. Tahat asher kine lelohav, vayechaper al bene Israel. 
God spoke to Moshe, saying, Pinchas, son of Elazar, son of Aharon the Kohen, rescinded my fury from upon B'nai Israel, and his avenging my vengeance in their midst. And then I, saying that again, and I did not finish off B'nai Israel in my vengeance. Therefore, say that I am giving him my covenant of peace, and it will be a covenant of eternal priesthood for him and his progeny after him, since he took vengeance for his God and he atoned for B'nai Yisrael. A straightforward reading of the text indicates that Pinchas's behavior is approved of and rewarded by God. Pinchas atoned for the people and received a divine promise in recompense. However, there are elements of the story in the biblical telling that raise the interpretive antennae of their rabbis. First, Pinchas's approach seems particularly bold when seen in light of its context. It appears that a convening of judges took place at the behest of God and under the supervision of Moshe, a due process that is somewhat shockingly interrupted by Pinchas's unilateral act. And second, the reward that Pinchas receives is a covenant of peace. This could be read to indicate some displeasure on God's part with Pinchas's violent response or violent tendencies. Pinchas's boldness is noticed by the Midrash in B'midbar Rabbah. Vayar Pinchas ben Alazar. V'chulam lo ra'u, v'hachativ l'einei Moshe u'einei kol adat b'nei Yisrael. Ela ra'a ma'aseh v'nizkar halacha. Habo'el aramit kanain pogi'in bo. Vayakam mitoch ha'ida, mehechan amar. Ela shahayu nos'in v'notnim b'davar, im hu'chayav mita im lav. Pinchas ben Alazar saw, and everyone else didn't see. But it is written that the offending Israelite acted before his brethren in the sight of Moshe and the congregation of Bnei Israel. Rather, he saw the incident and was reminded of the halacha, that one who is intimate with an Aramean woman is attacked by zealous avengers. He got up from within the congregation from where did he stand? Rather, they were deliberating about the matter, if he was liable for death or not. Pinchas stood up from within the congregation, and he volunteered and took a spear in his hand. Although this passage doesn't explicitly condemn Pinchas, we see an ambivalence towards his behavior and a subtle critique. We learned that the matter was in the process of being adjudicated by the Council of Judges when Pinchas remembers the halacha and takes matters into his own hands. The Yalkut Shimoni expands on the scene. Vayar Pinchas ben Alazar. Mara'a. Amar Rav. Ra'a ma'aseh v'nizkar halacha. Amar lei. Achi avi abba. Lo kach limadatanu b'ridatcha mehar sinai. Habo'el aramid kana'in pogi'in bo. Amar lei. Karayna di'igarta. Ihu lehave parvanka. Ushmol amar, ra'a she'ein chokma ve'ein tfuna l'neged Hashem. Kol makom she'yesh chilul Hashem, e'in cholkin kavod l'rav. Pinchas ben Elazar saw. What did he see? Rav said he saw the incident and he was reminded of the halacha. He said to Moshe, Great uncle, didn't you teach us when you came down from Mount Sinai, one who was intimate with an Aramean woman is attacked by zealous avengers? Moshe said to him, the one who reads the letter should be the messenger. And Shmuel said, 
he saw that there was no wisdom or insight contrary to God. That is, any place where there is a violation of God's name, one does not show honor to the teacher. According to both Rav and Shmuel, Pinchas made a choice regarding what to do, which was in tension with showing proper deference to Moshe. According to Rav, Pinchas somewhat impetuously teaches back to Moshe the halacha that Moshe taught him. And then Moshe somewhat cryptically says that since Pinchas is the one who read the letter, he should be the one to obey its demands. This indicates that Moshe did not intend to share this halacha by himself, reading the letter, perhaps because he did not want to execute its contents. The consequence of Pinchas's choice to share the halacha is that he himself is called upon to take the role of avenger. And according to Shmuel, Pinchas didn't even bother to consult with Moshe. He decided that this was an emergency situation and therefore didn't give Moshe his due honor. Even if Pinchas did make the correct assessment, his was an approach that was disrespectful to Moshe. The Talmud Yerushalmi states explicitly that Pinchas's behavior was frowned upon. Bayar Pinchas ben Alazar ben Aharon HaKohen. Ma ra'a? Haboel aramit hakanaim bog'in bahen. Tani, shelo berton chachamim. Upinchas shelo berton chachamim. Amar Rabbi Yudah bar Pazi, bikshu lindoto. Ilule shekavtza alav ruach hakodesh v'yamra, v'haytalo ulezaro acharav berit kuhunat olam. Pinchas, the son of Elazar, the son of Aharon, the priest, saw. What did he see? He saw the incident and was reminded of the halacha. Those who are intimate with Aramean women are attacked by zealous avengers. It is taught against the will of the sages, and Pinchas also behaved against the will of the sages. Rav Yehuda ben Pazi said, They wanted to excommunicate him, and would have, were it not for a Holy Spirit that jumped in on his behalf and said, It will be a covenant of eternal priesthood for him and his progeny after him. According to the Yerushalmi, Pinchas was correct in his assessment of what the law was, but incorrect in his decision to apply it. Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi says that the only thing that kept him from being punished for his behavior is that God stepped in and declared him worthy of a covenant. However, even this reward, or consequence of his heroics, betrays the complex nature of his heroics. Pinchas ben Alazar ben Aharon HaKohen Amar Kadash Baruch Hu, Bedin Hu Shayitol Sechara. Lachen Amor, Hinani Noten Lo Et Bariti Shalom. Gadol HaShalom Shanatan Lefinchas, She'ein HaOlam Mitnaheg Ela Vishalom. VeHatorah Kula Shalom, Shenamar, Derachah Darche Noam, Bechol Netivotaha Shalom. Pinchas, the son of Elazar, son of Aharon the priest. The Holy Blessed One said, By law, he should take his reward. Therefore say that I am giving him my covenant of peace. Great is the peace that was given to Pinchas, for the world only runs through peace, and the Torah itself is entirely peace. As it says, its paths are paths of pleasantness, and all its ways are peace. This Midrash subtly highlights two elements of this reward, which can be seen as casting aspersions on Pinchas's behavior. 
The first is that God comes in and states explicitly that Pinchas deserves this reward. When behavior is uncontroversially good and irrefutably praiseworthy, no heavenly voice needs to come in and assert the appropriateness of a reward. Furthermore, when the reward is the absolute opposite of the behavior, it could also be seen as a slight chastisement. God's reward to Pinchas is not a sword or a medal of bravery, an appointment to be general of an army. Rather, it is a covenant of peace. And according to the Midrash, a little homily on the value of peace. If the verse had not framed this as a reward, any reader of the Torah would understand this as a correction, if not a punishment, as if to say, because you were so violent, here is my covenant of peace. Is Pinchas overly zealous, or is he saving the Jewish people? Is Pinchas obeying the halacha, or is he overstepping his bounds and being disrespectful to Moshe and the judges? Is God pleased with Pinchas, or does God want him to change and become a quiet Kohen and a person of peace? The answer to all of these questions appears to be yes. Pinchas' actions exemplify the quandary of a necessary evil. Pinchas' rash behavior would have been completely unacceptable in any other context, and, as Moshe's reluctance suggests, by any other person. And God made sure to teach Pinchas that lesson. What we need to learn from this incident is that doing the right thing is often complicated. It often involves doing something that makes us feel uncomfortable. It often involves taking a stand in a way that might cause harm to someone that might seem extreme. What we learn from Pinchas is that sometimes doing the right thing involves making a moral compromise, allowing our hands to get dirty and our reputation to get stained. But we also learn from Moshe's refusal to be the one who himself executes the halacha. We need to be extremely cautious in taking on these morally questionable tasks. If we do something heroic once in our lifetimes, we can be rightly known as heroes. If we find ourselves constantly volunteering to do complicated and questionable things, we need to do some serious reflection on who we are and what we are truly motivated by and what we are truly accomplishing. What we learn from God is that when we do something good that involves negative consequences, we must take absolute responsibility for the harm that we have done. The fact that we have done harm in the service of doing good does not make us blameless. It merely means that we can and must accept the responsibility for what we've done in good conscience. This attitude is reflected in a brief but revealing story from a second Sanhedrin. Hanhu kavorai de kavor nafsha biyom tov rishon shalat shamtin hu rav papa ufaslin hu leidut, vachshirin hu rav huna bereid rav Yoshua. Amar le rav papa, vaharashaim nimhu, Savri mitzvah ka'avde, v'hakamishamtina lehu, savri kapara ka'avdilan rabbanan. Those gravediggers who buried a person on the first day of Shavuot, Rav Papa excommunicated them and disqualified them as witnesses. But Rav Huna, son of Rav Yoshua, deemed them qualified. Rav Papa said to Rav Huna, son of Rav Yoshua, But they were found guilty. Rav Huna replied, They thought they were doing a mitzvah. Rav Papa responded, But I excommunicated them. Rav Huna, son of Rav Yoshua, answered, They thought the sages are enabling us to atone. 
Burying the dead on Yom Tov is a violation of the laws against doing labor on Shabbat and holidays. However, these grave diggers were concerned for the honor of the dead and decided to proceed with the burial on Yom Tov. Although they were mistaken, their attitude reflects that they understand that sometimes a commendable action can have uncommendable elements, and more significantly, their willingness to accept the consequences for doing what they think is right. They understand that they may need atonement from the rabbis for what they are doing, even as they believe that what they are doing is good and necessary. This understanding is dangerous and frightening. When the bad is mixed with the good, how do we know what we are supposed to do? The story of Pinchas gives us two guidelines. The first is to listen to our instincts. If we feel a strong sense of ambivalence and feel more hesitant than committed to doing something controversial, then we should listen to our intuition and not do the act. If we understand that this is something that we have to do, but feel concerned about negative repercussions, then we still need to listen to ourselves, be guided by our moral compass, and take the responsibility upon ourselves. If we feel like Moshe about the halacha about Avengers, then we should not publicly teach it. If we feel like Pinchas did, that this behavior was a desecration and needed to be stopped at all costs, then we ought to take up our spears. The second lesson is to act responsibly. We need to acknowledge that sometimes our beliefs and actions are controversial for good reason. We should listen to the people who disagree with us and use these conversations as a way to understand what the collateral damage may be of our behavior. When we choose to take a stand, we need to take a hard look at the possible fallout and do our best to minimize any negative results. We must be completely prepared to take responsibility for the consequences of our actions, and we must know what those consequences are. If we caused someone else harm as a result of our actions, we need to apologize to them, even if we don't regret what we have done. Collateral damage does not necessarily invalidate our decision, but it can if we are not prepared to reckon with it. We may be brave, but only ethically so. We should not look to become heroes, but be willing to accept the role if that is what we are. Wishing you a Shabbat of responsible bravery. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Debray Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.